Hi, this is Tanya Yeremkiv, and this is a collection of my audio blogs. I'm here to inspire and empower you to get transformation in every area of your life. Today's episode is titled, Love the Lord with All of You, Heart, Soul, Mind, and Strength. And that's found in Mark chapter 12, verse 30, where it says, Love the Lord your God with all your heart and with all your soul and with all your mind and with all your strength. And I often find that we easily separate those four. And I wanted to talk about each of those four things in this episode and dive a little deeper and see how it all connects together. So we're going to start by talking about love the Lord with all your heart. Your heart contains your feelings, your emotions, your will, and I believe it's also the place that houses your mind and contains your thoughts. It's your inner place where you devise your way and ultimately decide to do something or not. Often, it's where you predetermine and assume how things will go, what and who you'll like, and why. Sometimes our heart, our emotions and feelings, try to take control of how we behave and react to certain situations. Old and familiar feelings can surface up, which you'll eventually have to deal with. For example, as we get older, we wonder and wish for things to go back to the way things used to be, or we constantly question ourselves, why do I still feel this way? But it says in Ecclesiastes that it's not wise to wish for such things. Then again, throughout the epistles, Paul encourages the churches to put off the old and put on the new, because it's easy to go back to those old familiar feelings that our heart has remembered and possibly memorized. In Psalms, David wrote, and asked God to create in him a clean heart, Psalm 51.10, because he was aware it is the most deceitful of all, Jeremiah 17.9 and Proverbs 4.23. Your heart is the hidden inner place where no one except God can see. Jesus gave us the best example. He didn't allow his emotions, feelings, and thoughts lead his way. He didn't gratify the desires of the flesh which are birthed in the heart, but set his mind on things of the Spirit and the Father. John 5 verse 19 says that he can do nothing by himself, but only by what he sees the Father doing. Jesus experienced emotions and feelings on every level, but that didn't dictate his behavior. He didn't get swayed and become double-minded. Of course, it's because he's Jesus, but he gave that same authority and self-control to us as well. So loving this way, we can create the habit, an inner trigger, to turn to God when we face emotions and feelings that seem far from the truth. Those feelings that well up inside of you and you just get into a place of overthinking and overwhelmed emotions. We often struggle with thoughts like, well, I know this in my head, but my heart feels this or that, and this isn't good. To love God with your heart, your entire heart, means to surrender and turn to him when these emotions and feelings arise. So how do you do that? Create the habit, an inner trigger. You feel the emotion, you feel it in your heart, you feel that pain coming, turn to God. The next point is to love the Lord with all your soul. The soul contains your identity and your belief systems. I believe the spirit is the part of us that is alive in Christ, but the soul is where our thought process, our values and principles and our default settings, if I can say that, are located. To love the Lord with all your soul is to fully embrace the identity he's given you and to live from him. Honestly, it's very easy for me to feel rejected. If I dwell on the feeling long enough, I end up believing it's part of my identity. But this is something I've worked through and continue to when it comes up by reminding myself of who I am in Christ. My husband and some friends and family members have helped reinforce God's love and perspective of me when I go down the rabbit trail of wrong beliefs. The word reminds us we're a new creation, and this is something Paul talks about constantly. 
Paul is a great example. He went from persecuting to getting persecuted. He grabbed hold of what it means to love the Lord with all his soul, along with heart, mind, and strength. He faced various trials, yet he didn't budge in his faith, from what we read at least. He encouraged and edified the churches to imitate him because he took on Christ's identity, yet he still called himself the chief sinner of all. Not because he didn't believe God changed him, but because God did change him. The contrast was so vast, it humbled him enough to give him godly confidence for his identity. And again, let's look at Jesus. He took on the identity as a son of God, and he lived this out through the way he talked about his relationship with the Father. He was very bold about it. We see this especially in John chapters 14 through 17. He even asked the Father that we might have the same union as he has with the Father. And that's because Jesus's soul was unabashedly devoted to the Father. So how do we love this way? We can write out daily or weekly affirmations to meditate on. Not just dilly-dally phrases, but actual truths of who God says you are. We often struggle with our identity because we don't fully believe that we're actually new in Christ. We must continue to remind ourselves who he says we are because it's true. You are a new creation. The old has passed away. You can put on Christ. You have the mind of Christ. Third point, love the Lord with all your mind. Though your heart is where your thoughts live, your mind encompasses the entire inner narrative. Whether or not you notice, you have an inner narrative a process and a filter through which you intake information. Not only that, but it's constantly going. Like many millennials, I've personally experienced spiraling, which is a series of negative thoughts that can feel overwhelming. It just takes one negative thought, one negative headspace or attitude, and it's easier to think of more negative, debilitating thoughts that leads to anxiety, depression, and unnecessary overthinking. The Bible says we have the mind of Christ. Not only that, it also says to be transformed by the renewing of the mind so that you can prove what is good, acceptable, and perfect within God's will. When you're spiraling or going on thought tangents which do not align with the truth, it can seem very difficult to get back on track. But it's important to detox those thoughts by fasting, taking breaks, reading the word, and praying. It's possible to create thought habits to generate new thoughts when the wrong ones seem to take control. In the desert, Jesus combated with his own thoughts and attacks of Satan by quoting scripture. He came against each temptation with a truth in God's word. He didn't overthink anything. He just had scripture to back him up. This is helpful because it's not just about memorizing scripture and reciting it, but actually believing what the word of God says and letting that ground your mind become the firm ground in your heart and the cornerstone within your soul. How do we love this way? Faith comes by hearing. If we want to take control of our thoughts, we need to take an inventory of what we're saying hour by hour or even daily. Listen to yourself talk. If it's the surrounding people, you might need a detox or a complete change of relationships. Reading the word is a game changer so that you can build your faith and learn to love God with all your mind. Last but not least, strength can represent a lot of things. I want to describe it as the ability to withstand great force or pressure, like having resilience. Sometimes that's all a person can have to keep going. And I think this one ties in the other three because if you've lost the ability to control and lead your emotions and feelings, your identity and belief system, and your thoughts, there's this part of you that contains strength to keep pushing forward when nothing else makes sense. This is the part of you that can dream, that can imagine, that sees an end, believes for more, even when you've lost all hope within. For example, this past summer, my cousin's baby girl got 
diagnosed with leukemia. As I talked with him, I recognized the strength in him. Despite the emotional roller coaster, he and his wife held on and hold on to firmly with all their strength that God will carry them through this. Their courage and resilience stood out so much, it helped me overcome a few personal things I was dealing with. It reminded me that sometimes all it takes is to be grateful and to show up for the people you love, and that's enough. That's resilience. And there's also the physical aspect of it where you present your body as a living sacrifice to God, holy and pleasing, like it says in Romans 12 verse 1. In Galatians, Paul also encourages to not grow weary in doing good. There's more to it about the physical aspect, but if all you can do is show up and do good, I think that's enough for the Lord. I think that's a way of loving the Lord with all your strength. Jesus needed all the strength he could muster up to make it up to the cross. He pushed, he pursued, he even cried out that this cup get taken away, yet he submitted and said, not my will, but yours be done. And this is how he loved you with all of his strength. This is how we can love God this way in our strength. We can write at least one thing we're believing in God for and write at least three things you're grateful for. Next, get around the people who you love and those who love you and be encouraged. Find those things to be grateful about, to love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, with all your mind and all your strength. It comes down to trusting him and turning to him no matter what. Thanks for listening. I hope you found this audio blog inspiring and I'll see you next time.